Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church. At Crossroads Community Church, our vision is to awaken the city of Pittsburgh and surrounding areas by creating cool places to experience God in local neighborhoods throughout Pittsburgh and beyond. Now here is this week's message. we get started, let me ask this question, despite, you know, all the, the tragedies going on, are there people that are still excited about Christmas? Anyone? A few? A few. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how many people are on Christmas TV show overload? Seven? How many people are seven or higher? Okay. All right. Um, I'm a 10, just because I'm a Christmas nerd. I love everything to do with Christmas, uh, even the commercials. Although I had to buy a little button for Christy to mute the commercials because she hates them. But um, here's the thing. Let me ask you this. What are some of your favorite Christmas shows? Because I know there's a lot of new ones. Charlie Brown Christmas, classic. Anyone else? Just yell them out. It's a Wonderful Life, which is one of my favorite. Not the greatest, but Miracle on 34th Street. The original. The original. All right. Rudolph the Red Note. Wait, what, what? Christmas vacation, including their, their, their uh, what is it, their Gap commercials now that they're doing. <laughs> Die Hard One. Can we just, all right, Christmas movie extraordinaire. All right, but I heard over here, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, because uh, you guys remember a lot of the claymation, like old ones, old school uh, some of you guys may not have any idea what I'm talking about, but uh, the claymation ones, they're the classic. Now, here's the deal, though. A lot of people have kind of taken offense to, like, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, not that he has in any way done anything to offend them, but uh, there's a lot of people that feel like those movies, uh, because they're more about Santa and not about Christ... That they're like, oh, those are not good. We can't let our children... Now, is there anyone who has grown up scarred because you watched the claymation Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or Santa Claus is coming to town? Absolutely not. Well, probably the only scarred people are all the people who go out hunting him during the season. But other than that, no harm from watching Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And here's the deal. Santa, St. Nick, the the actual St. Nick, who Santa is kind of based off, um, he did nothing wrong. He actually did what God allowed him to do. He used resources to, to honor God and to bless the lives of others. And then later, you know, he was turned into this pop fairy creature icon through no fault of his own, okay? So um, I can understand the, the, the pushback between, you know, Jesus, it is about Jesus and Santa, but don't blame St. Nick, because he just did what, you know, God allowed him to do. Um, don't blame Rudolph, because he actually doesn't exist. So I don't think we need to get all in a hubbub about Rudolph. But here's the thing. My favorite part of the Rudolph movie is when they go to the island of Misfit Toys. You guys remember that? That is probably, it, it's one of my favorite Christmas songs, although it's kind of sad. <laughs> but it, it, it fits in, because it's, it's basically they go, for those of you who don't know, to this island. And Rudolph, because he talks... It's claymation. Rudolph talks to a Charlie in the box, who's a misfit because he's not a Jack in the box, and they find out that on this island are all these people who are left out, who have been rejected, 
and who feel like we don't fit in anywhere. And if you, if you kind of put it together, that's the heart of what Christ came to do is to take all these people who feel like, hey, I don't belong, I don't fit in, and to say, yeah, you do. Maybe your culture doesn't accept you. Maybe the world doesn't accept you. But God loves you. And to me, it's just, it's, it's a classic thing. Now, uh, before we do that, uh, let me do this, because uh, one of the things that they do is they're on this island, they're separated and away from everyone, and they don't get to partake in the Christmas experience like the rest of the toys do, okay? And right now, there are soldiers who, uh, some of them will get to come home for Christmas, a lot of them won't get to. They won't get to go see their families for Christmas. There are people on college campuses because of financial hardship or whatever that won't get to spend Christmas with their families. There are people who, because of financial hardship, they won't get to go out and buy presents like everyone else does on Christmas. So I want to just take a moment and pray for those people, for the the soldiers that are separated from their family uh, because they are defending us so we can spend time with our family, Uh, for the people who are dealing with financial hardships and won't get to do what everyone else does on Christmas time and give gifts to other people, and just those people who are kind of just hurting and may feel lonely during Christmas. So can you just bow your heads with me for a moment? God, we acknowledge that... uh, our soldiers, our sailors, our airmen, National Guard people, all of these people who are uh, separated from their families, that it's not only hard on them, but it's hard on the families as well. And God, we pray your protection over them. We pray your blessings upon them. Uh, We pray that where it is possible that you would allow them to, to, to be together for Christmas and where it's not, God, We pray that you would remove any spirit of despair and frustration and anger and depression. God, we pray for those families that are feeling the weight of the financial burden and just feel like they're not, they may feel like they're misfits or they're not doing what everyone else is doing because they can't afford to give or they can't afford to buy gifts or they can't afford to get gifts or like the family that was on the news, their gifts were stolen and they can't afford to replace them. God, in all of those instances, we pray that you would allow us to be the church, not just us, but all over the globe where your people, your call, the ecclesia, the, the, the followers of Jesus Christ, where you allow us and make us aware that we would be able to step in somehow and just be the church to those people, to be with the soldiers, to be with the families, to maybe step in and do what we can to help those who can't buy gifts or maybe their gifts were stolen or just dealing with financial burdens and for those who are just feeling broken and hurt and alone just allow us to be there for them just like you are always there for us and we pray this in Jesus name amen amen uh, even though I again even though we're we're kind of stepping along with Christmas there's a lot of people that are hurt and struggling and uh, it's just not a happy time for them but uh, one of the reasons I wanted to, to pray that prayer is because uh, if you're not doing what everyone else is doing, sometimes you can feel like a misfit, like I don't belong or I'm rejected or I'm, I don't measure up or I'm not good enough or I don't meet whatever standard society has set. And uh, that's what some of those people have done. And um, that's the heart of what we're going to be talking about this week and next week. Uh, and just to remind some of you, uh, 
what we're talking about. I want to play a little clip uh, that specifically that clip where Rudolph shows up on the island. That's okay. Okay, who may I ask are you? We're Rudolph and Hermie and Yukon Cornelius, sir. Who are you? I'm the official sentry of the Island of Misfit Toys. A jack-in-the-box for a sentry? Yes, my name is... Don't tell me. Jack. No, Charlie. That's why I'm a misfit toy. My name is all wrong. No child wants to play with a Charlie in the box, so I had to come here. Where's here? but that's just me. I mean, I think that would be one of the uh, coolest things ever. But back when um, I was at the church in Virginia uh, and I was a part of the creative team and we came up with, you know, uh, dances and videos and dramas and everything, anything we could use to help creatively share the gospel. And at Christmas time, we'd always try to think of what's the best creative way to express the gospel in, in as powerful as possible And when I think about it, that's pretty much it. The island of misfit toys. Because from our perspective, uh, we look at God and say, hey, we can never be like that. We don't fit in. From God's perspective, he looks at us and says, hey, the way that you are 
and your, your sins and your transgressions and whether you like it or not or agree with it or not, we just can't get together. We don't fit in. We misfit. We don't fit. And a lot of people, uh, depending upon your culture, we look at each other and feel like we don't fit in. You know, the, the doctors, may f- we feel like, you know, they're this, when they start talking and you go see a doctor and they start spitting out language, they just assume you know what those 27 verse words mean and you don't, but they just feel like, I don't know, I don't, I don't fit in with that world. The bankers, no offense to you bankers, but... People feel like they just are in a whole different world. And, of course, if you're like, you know, droid and Apple people, they definitely don't fit in together. And Starbucks people are a whole nother level. But there's, there's just this understanding that, hey, you know what, I, I, everyone is looking for some pretty simple things in life. We want to be accepted. We want to fit in. I don't want to stand out because I look different, talk different, dress different. I want to fit in. We want to be appreciated because we want to know that our contribution, whatever we're bringing to the table or into the culture, or even if I'm bringing nothing, that I'm appreciated just for being there. And we want to be loved. Everyone wants to be loved. And and here's the thing. I want to show you this in Scripture. So we're going to look at, if you have a Bible, open it up to the book of Luke, chapter 2. We're going to look at a verse we looked at last week. Uh, We're going to look at it in a little bit more detail. Uh... And the book of Luke uh, is the third gospel in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And in chapter 2, we walked through this story um, last week. We're going to just look at it in a little bit more different detail this week. And this is a story of of after um, uh, the birth of Jesus Christ, uh, and he's presented at the temple by uh, Mary and Joseph, and um, I just want to look at a couple of things real quick. So drop down to verse 25 in Luke chapter 2. It says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout, who was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Motivated by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Now drop down to verse 38, because this is about uh, Anna. Verse 38 says, There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that, that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Now, um, here's a couple of things real quick. They, it, between the two of them, there's a lot of key words that were used. First and foremost, salvation. And we know that salvation came through the birth of Jesus Christ, which led to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's where our salvation comes from. Uh, but they also used two words, uh, the uh, consolation and the redemption. And I'm going to put these up here on the screen. It says, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. 
and the Holy Spirit was upon them. That word consolation in the Greek, it's formed from, and it's almost the exact same phraseology, it's formed from the same word that Jesus used when he said, I am going to provide a comforter. And he was referring to the Holy Spirit. That word in its essence means that they were looking for the comfort, the encouragement of Israel. And from a greater theological standpoint, just as Jesus said, I'm going to provide comfort for you, which is the Holy Spirit coming into our flesh. They were looking for the Holy Spirit to come alongside and comfort all of Israel, which was Jesus Christ in the flesh, God in the flesh. And then Anna, she uses the word, uh, and she says uh, she was looking for the redemption She spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. And that word literally uh, means the ransoming or the delivering of Israel. Now, here's the thing. It says that Anna spoke to all those who were waiting for the redemption because not everyone was waiting for the redemption. There were some people who said, you know what? Uh, The place we're in right now, I want to stay there. I'm okay there. I'm okay not fitting in. I'm okay uh, not being all that God has called me to be, which according to God's perspective, that's not right. If you're not, if you're a Christ follower or you come into a relationship with God, he, he equips you, he gives you skills, he gives you his Holy Spirit so that you can go out and do his will. And if you take that and just sit it in a corner and do nothing, God is not okay with that. And there were some people in Israel who were saying, hey, you know what? I'm fine right where we are. There were some people that said, hey, you know what? We're, we're at a place where um, I don't know anything but this, so I don't know that it's wrong. I don't know that we're not fitting in. All I know, and there are people that have grown up, and we, we've talked about this in the past, people that have grown up uh, that were taught one way or another that this is the way you worship God, and that may not be the right way. There are people in other religions and other cults that they are told this is how you worship God. And so they do that. They don't know that it's wrong. And there were people in Israel who they didn't know that what they were doing was not what God had called them to do. Now, here's, let me do this. This is going to be a little rough for some people because I don't just want to give you this information, which is the biblical context. I want to give you the historical context. Um, as uh, I forget this guy's name. What's his name? Paul Harvey used to say the rest, the rest of the story. All right. So from, from the start of the nation of Israel, okay, God went to Abraham and he said, I'm going to uh, call you out. You need to leave your family and your home and come. And I'm, he promised him three significant things, all right? The first thing he promised him was that your descendants are going to be a great nation, okay? The second thing he promised him is that um, I'm going to have and give to you your whole, all the, your, this nation, a land that's going to be all your own. So I'm going to make you, you leave where you are now, And I'm going to bring you into a place where you don't belong, where you're going to feel like a misfit, where the ways that I'm going to give to you are going to be different from everybody else, but I'm going to give you, make you into a great nation through your descendants and give those descendants a land that's all their own. And then the third thing he said is that through this nation, in this land that I give to you, I'm going to bring out a seed that is going to bless the entire world. The whole world's going to be blessed because of you if you will just come and obey me. Now, historically, I j- I just, just, just bear with me and, and watch this. Historically, when Moses led the people of Israel out of Egypt, 
they went from becoming a people that were in slavery into a nation under God. They were literally one nation under God, even though they didn't have a home, even though they didn't have a set of uh, rules and laws. God went about establishing that and setting them up as a nation while they were in the desert, and they became, they didn't have that flag at the time, uh, but they became a nation. And then 40 years later, because of their rebellion, they wandered in the desert for 40 years. 40 years later, under um, Joshua, they acquired most of the land that God promised to them. Now, on this map, that thick red line, that represents all of the land, uh, all this right here, all of the land that God said, I am going to give to you. They never fully occupied all of it. And today, this little gray area in here, that's all they have. That's all of Israel's land right now. So even though they did say, yeah, we, we, we walked in and you gave us a land and we never acquired all of it and now we have lost a lot of it, God fulfilled the first, he made them a nation, he fulfilled the second part and that he gave them a land of their own. And if you read through the book of Joshua, God made it clear, I'm giving this land to you, but you need to fight to keep it. And oftentimes, this is the problem with the church today, God gives us so much. We are so stinking blessed, but we need to fight to keep it. And we keep giving away all that God blesses us with, our rights, our people, everything. And God is sitting back saying, I have given you the most powerful force in existence in the universe, his Holy Spirit. And Jesus Christ tells us that there is absolutely, positively nothing that can overcome the church but we don't see that being lived out today. All right, so after that, there was a 120-year monarchy between Saul and David and Solomon, and the people of Israel thought, yay, through this, we're growing as a kingdom, we're expanding, we're going to see the whole world be blessed because David went out and fought and conquered, and under Solomon, there was peace that they had never before known. And, and they were like the most powerful nation on the planet at that time, and then again, because of the rebellion of the people, God split the nation into two different nations, the northern and southern kingdom. Now, here's what happens. If you look in your Bible, the last book of the Old Testament is the book of Malachi, which occurs somewhere around 430 to 450 BC. And at that time, Israel is under Persian rule. Okay, so they were split north in the southern kingdom, the Assyrians came in and took over the northern kingdom. Babylonians came in and took over all that the Assyrians owned and then also took over the southern kingdom. And then the Medi persian Empire took over the Babylonians. So they were under Persian rule, but then came the Greeks. The Greeks came in, Alexander the Great. You guys remember him? Great movie, by the way. Not the most Christian movie, but great movie. And he came in and he took over pretty much everything. All right? He took over pretty much everything. When he died, he didn't have an heir, so his kingdom was split into four amongst his four generals. And at that time, two of those kingdoms from two of those generals went into war where Israel was taken over by one, then taken over by another, and it was called the, the I may not be pronouncing this right, the Ptolemies and the Seleucid kings, and they went back and forth taking over Israel. 
And during that time, because they were neither Persian, they were neither Greek, they didn't have these multi-God type uh, theologies that most of those areas did, and they tried to stick to worshiping the one true God. They didn't fit in with the Persians. They didn't fit in with the Greeks. So they did what most people do when they don't fit in because you're different. You try to become like everybody else. And if you look through a lot of the the, the biblical writings, they may not be in your Bible, but a lot of the writings that are called the Apocrypha writings, they came out of that time because Israel said, hey, we need to fit in. So they started adopting a lot of the cultural things from the Greeks and from the Persians. And it influenced their writing, it influenced their way of life, and it led them further away from God. Now, of course, shortly after that, um, uh, there was a, uh, the Romans came in and they made an agreement with uh, one of the kings and you may have rulers and at the time, I think his name was Epiphanes. And he was so frustrated that he had to make this alliance with Rome that he took it out on Israel. And he sold the office of the high priest to the highest bidder. And we all think, really? Like a priest just taking money? That could never happen. He sold it to the highest bidder. He confiscated the property. He looted the temple, all the gold and silver things that were in the temple. He took it for himself. And then out of anger and frustration and hatred and rebellion, he went in and slaughtered a pig in the temple which sparked what we know as the Maccabean Rebellion, if you've, if you've heard of that. And at, after that time, Israel began a very like rough relationship with Rome, where they didn't fit in with Rome, they didn't fit in with the Greeks, they didn't fit in with that Persian influence that had crept into their life. They didn't fit in with anyone. They were looking to be accepted. They were looking to be appreciated. They were looking for God's love and they felt like misfits. And at that time, that's when Jesus Christ was born. That's when you have Anna and Simeon who are waiting for the consolation, the comfort of Israel, the redemption of Israel, for God's people to be appreciated, to be accepted, and to be loved. And we live in a world that definitely goes through that time and time again. You can, you can, and again, I'm not trying to bring this back up, but when you see people that are committing those tragic acts and incidents, if you go back, and, and I'm sure they're going to do this, and they'll talk about all these, these attackers and their lives and what they were missing and what they had and all that stuff, but you can pinpoint that they didn't feel accepted, They didn't feel appreciated, and they didn't feel love. And most of them felt like misfits. I don't fit in. I don't belong. So I have to act in this way. And the whole blessings, the the glory, the wonder of Christmas is God giving us humanity, his son, Jesus Christ, 
so that we know uh, from that point, everything in, in history, everything in creation led up to the birth of Christ, and from the birth of Christ forward, everything else was impacted so that we could know from God's perspective, hey, there is not a single time in your life where you have to wonder, do I feel appreciated? Do I feel accepted? Or do I feel loved? And that's really what sparks a lot of, uh, now let me, let, me, let me change focus for a minute because I've said this before. Um, you don't have to raise your hand, but most of us are going to, for either a family member, a friend, or even if it's just for our spouse, buy some type of gift. And I've said this before, there's a difference between a cheap gift and an inexpensive gift. Cheap gift is bad. An expensive gift is okay, depending on who you're buying for. I mean, you can buy someone something relatively inexpensive or you can make it and they'll appreciate it much more than you spending like a couple of bucks for something cheap. And I don't, how many, let me ask you this because this is, this is one of the areas that I lack and I love Christy for this because she accepts this about me. She hasn't asked me to change it, but I'm not into wrapping. And sometimes I've just given her the Amazon box and say, you know, happy anniversary or Merry Christmas or whatever. And as far as I'm concerned, she's still got to open it. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. But what God does for us is he says, hey, I'm going to give you this awesome gift. And it's definitely not cheap. And it's not inexpensive. But it's to show us his love. And when that happens, if you, if, you, if you let that sink in that that's what Christmas is all about, it doesn't matter, you know, if, if you're getting like a $2 whatever or a 59-cent pencil or whatever you're giving, the fact that someone's giving you something to say, hey, I love you, you're appreciated, and I care about you, that should bring joy to your heart. And that's what Christmas is all about, is making us who were misfits in God's sights and misfits in our own sights, know that we no longer have to be. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And um, we're going to spend just a moment worshiping God. And just, just praising Him for what He blesses us with. But before we do that, um, I'm going to ask you guys to join me in doing something. Uh, because, uh, you know, we, if you guys know, I've mentioned that our tech team, um, they are uh, just sometimes awesome. <laughs> I don't know any other way to say that. Sometimes not so much. So um, can you go down and get, get, get yeah. So uh, I have some gifts here that I wanted to present uh, from all of us just to show the love and appreciation and respect, sometimes patience, that we have for our tech team. So, uh, Nick, can you come up? So this is just to say thank you to you. Don't open it yet. Thank you. You can go sit down. I'll, I'll give uh, to Austin. Merry Christmas. Don't open it yet.
but also um, to our worship team, because other than like probably the tech team or myself, I can't think of anyone who is here early, sometimes afterwards, and just consistently uh, just blesses us with their presence. So thank you to them. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas. Thank you. All right. So now I'm going to ask you guys if you would just uh, stand with us, and we're just going to worship God and just bless him uh, just with everything you have just for who he is. God, we will just continue to worship and praise you. Despite whatever circumstances may come, whatever may occur in our culture on this planet, we'll worship you because we know, God, that because of your birth, that all who are willing can be accepted, can be appreciated, God, and can be recipients of your love. God, our prayer is that you would allow us to go out and share that with everyone we know, that they may truly be blessed and understand the meaning of Christmas. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Amen.